0: The 455th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is offering new users a $1,000 risk-free bet. Sign up today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today.
1: Heidi Ho DeGenerinos, welcome to episode 455 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Going out to my friend and Gumby's friend or online friend, Double Nichols. He requested it because four five five get it for double nichols anyhow. This goes out to you, Double Nickels. Now you can stop bugging me. You got you got an episode named after you. If you would like an episode dedicated after you, don't ask. You have to have to um go online and compliment us or send Gumby a free hat or send me free stuff and then an episode can be yours. Uh, thanks for coming to today's show. And when your host Jeff Chocks Fox, we have no UFC this week because the Americans are doing their Thanksgiving a month too late as per usual. So we're going to have to uh, stick with the regional scene. Not a problem because we have some good events to cover this week. Starting with today's episode, Cage Wars 164, which has three title fights on the top of the card coming to us from Newcastle, England. So we're going to break down that. I can't do it alone because I don't know half these people. I'll obviously, have to have my regional MMA picking star riding shotgun that would be daniel gummy the man with the bacon on his hat
0: with the bacon on his hat and in his wallet oh look at that um, oh nice <laughs> uh, um,
1: that's gonna be a title of the episode
0: bacon on the hat and in the wallet um yep. quick recap of last week we went four and one in bellator uh we hit all but the very wacky main event with jason jackson uh dominating and knocking out Yaroslav Amasov, which was uh I I think pretty pretty unlikely outcome so I I don't feel too bad about missing that one uh but because it was kind of a chalkier card or at least it was a chalkier card until it got to fight time you waited until fight time Ralphion Statham wound up being an underdog uh who I had in that one I did not expect the numbers to get better and better on him against in a rematch against Danny Sabatello, who he had already been. I thought like the money for sure coming on spots, but anyway, uh, if you had used the numbers that we talked about on last Monday's show, uh, you four and one up about a half a unit due to the chalkiness of everything. And uh, it brings us up to about plus 13 units on the year.
1: Fantastic. More importantly, let's talk about your boy Chet Holgram on Saturday. Gumby. Thirty-six points, ten rebounds, five assists, two steals, two
0: blocks. He's incredible. I tell you 36. all the time when we're talking about underdog fantasy, which we will a little bit later on, and you're prodding me for a pick. Take somebody <laughs> who graduated from Gonzaga. Find a number you like and play the higher than.
1: <laughs> yep, it's almost like Golden State don't have any big men that can uh, that can handle anyone that that that, so- c- that could have helped uh, Holgrims too, but.
0: The most important part was the three-pointer at the buzzer, too, to to send it to OT. Like, it, that that was damn impressive. I don't know why they didn't follow him, but, like, still a damn impressive three-pointer.
1: Yes, we know about every sport on the show. We write about every sport. SportsGamblingPodcast.com. I mean, I are thick into our NBA writing uh, along with our MMA, MMA writing. And then once baseball season rolls around, we'll be doing our baseball writing. We know about it all. Um and sometimes we give you winning picks. Gumby actually gives you first field goal winning picks constantly, which is a, might seem like a silly thing, but it's a profitable thing for for Gumby right now because he has a system, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone has a system. Gumby has a system.
0: Come join the system.
1: <laughs> His system is winning. It's a winning system. All right, Cage Wars. Is this? This seems to be a really good card. At least it's got three Tata fights on it, which
0: you don't get on too many fight cards. Is this a really good card, Gumby? Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, I think. You know, usually when we're talking about cage warriors champs, there's like a clear. This guy's going to the USC toward the deal, and I think, I think there are a couple of fights here where I, I don't know that that's true. Like even the guy who I might pick to win, I might be like, I don't see it. Um, too many holes or whatnot. But you know, I like get it, it, it as far as like competitive matchups, interesting prospects, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, a lot of fights, right? It's like an 18 fight card or something like yeah. that. Um, yep. it's a good Cage
1: Warriors card. Yeah. Yep. Um, We're going to cover five fights. Obviously, the three title fights, and then Gummy picked a couple of those that, that he is interested in. Um, We don't really have the fight card order or anything, so uh, we could be jumping all around the place. Uh, of the fights we're not covering, is there any anyone else or any other fights that you're interested in or interested in seeing what the lines will be once the lines drop for, for these fights.
0: Well, you told me right before we went to, uh, start recording that, uh, that our guy, Darren Stewart is fighting this weekend, which by the way, I did not already know. Um, mostly because I'm not on the Darren Stewart kick. Uh, I have no idea who he's fighting, but I always like looking to see who he's fighting, uh, so, and what the number is, so that I can look to fade him because I'm expecting his luck to run out at some point in time. Um, yeah, apart from that, apart from that, with the ones who I don't know, I do think Orlando Prince is kind of an interesting guy because he's got good submissions. Um, so if he comes in as a dog, I might be kind of interested in in poking around there. Um, D- Dylan Hazen is is fighting Amir Malikpour, who uh, who was supposed to fight two weeks ago and he got pulled to be in this matchup. I really like Hazen. I think uh, I think if that number comes in anywhere south of 200, he might be interesting to throw in a parlay or even play straight up. But apart from that, there's nobody who I'm, like, real passionate about on the prelims. The so maybe a Fata Stewart, maybe Prins if the number's nice, maybe Hazen if he doesn't get to be too big of a favorite.
1: Fata fate Stewart. Um, Actually, let's jump back to Bellator. Do you think that was it, Gumby? Was that the last we are going to see a Bellator yeah. last night? Or yep. this past weekend? Yeah.
0: It does uh, that way. It, at least in its current iteration, uh, because if you if you watch the broadcast, which I didn't, but you know a couple of friends of mine did and said, "Hey, did you see this? Did you see that?" Um, but the end of the broadcast, apparently the sign off from the desk, everybody was talking about like their favorite moments of the history of Bellator, not like their favorite moments from this past year, not their favorite moments from this past card, not their favorite moments of Jason Jackson or the cr- most incredible you know, comebacks or, you know, most incredible underdogs. They were like, what, you know, like basically like, what did you like about Bellator? And like, why would you be talking like that? If it's current iteration was not going away, or you weren't worried about them, like selling and just like completely revamping their desk with you, not there. Uh, so like, I, I, I think they're either in the way of being drastically changed by a brand new ownership or completely going. away.
1: What do you think? What do you put your money on? Which one is it?
0: If if I uh if I felt like I had to pick gun to my head, I think most likely what's gonna happen is they are going to uh it, it seems like they're gonna sell to somebody. You know, PFL seems to be the front runner that they're talking about there. If I had to guess, PFL will probably buy them and like run both of them concurrently for like I mean, like the UFC did with WEC, just until it's time to to fully fold them. I mean PFL could also buying? just PFL could also just buy, uh, contracts they're buying contracts and yeah. Yeah. and PFL could just buy them and their contracts and you know possibly you know work them into the ESPN deal and that can be their you know I know PFL has talked about doing a super fight series right um yeah. and it's just never gotten off the ground PFL super fight could be battle you know what I mean? Like they could just run their PFL seasons, which they're clearly really into doing. They're adding the European one. I heard they're trying to add an Asian one and an African one, and like they can continue to run all of their like fun season formats. And their super fight ones can just be Bellator. Uh, and so like that that seems like the most likely pro- possibility to me. However, if they do fold, a couple of the people who fought this past weekend would certainly be interesting additions to the UFC. You know, I would love uh, to see catching. Mix. Yeah patchy mix in the UFC. Give me patchy mix in the UFC yesterday. You know, that that's a, I mean, like he's, I, I said it when we were breaking down the fights last Monday, he's got a lot of the same yeah. stuff that we love about Al Jermaine Sterling. And it's in the division with Al Jermaine Sterling only maybe his hands are better, you know, and, and I don't think he's the same level grappler. I think, you know, Al Joe might be a little bit better on the mat, but like, you know, patchy might pose different problems for different people. Um and and I'd love to see it, you know, like I I instantly love to see him against a lot of the top band. Teams.
1: And it, his girlfriend Tatiana Suarez is already here, so come on over, Pachy Mix. We, we we will gladly accept you. Um, all right, that's enough Belcher talk. Actually, we'll, we'll have more PFL talk uh, this coming week. Wednesday and Thursday are going to be PFL episodes this week. All right, before we jump into cage words fully, we're going to tell you about Bet Three Sixty Five. If we had numbers for this event, we would give it to you from Bet365 because we are brought to you by them at Bet365. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book, trusted by over 88 million players worldwide. Props, sides, totals, live betting, Bet365 has you covered. If you like boosts, you're going to love Bet365, like a 30% profit boost on your NFL same-game parlay. Plus, they even have an early payout offer if your team goes up 17 points. Sign up today and choose from two bonus offers, either a $1,000 no sweat bet, or bet five dollars, get hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets. Just head to slash bet three sixty five. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Bet three sixty five, or even easier, use the sign up link in our show bio. Do you have a pick? Maybe Monday, you already did a Monday Night Football pick for us, didn't you?
0: I did Monday Night Football, but so this one I'll, uh, we'll go to the world of college basketball. I'll say, uh, really? take, Gonzaga, take Gonzaga's money line against Purdue today, uh, since is coming out on Monday. It's uh number two versus number 11 and number 11 is coming in looking dangerous. So yeah. Give me Gonzaga's money line.
1: But number two, has a big Canadian roaming the center for them though.
0: Is Zach 80 Canadian?
1: He is. Come on. I really?
0: it? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. You, you guys, you guys just keep finding big goons up there.
1: We just, do. We do. All right. So there's your pick problem gambling call 1-800 gambler. All right. We're going to give you some winning picks now for Cage Wars 164. Oh, Gumby will. I'll, I'll set them up. Gumby will hit it out of the park as per usual. All right. Cage Wars 164 is subtitled Stanton versus Balandi and is going down Saturday, the 25th. So it's coming Saturday, 1:30 p.m. Eastern. And is going down, is emanating from the Virtue Motors Arena in Newcastle, England. 18 fights. We're going to give you the five that Gumby says we should give you so he knows which fights are the best fights or which ones he, he has a, a good take on so hopefully he has a good take we're gonna start with a weight fight three five minute rounds aiden steven or stefan it's probably stefan he's from scotland i believe versus dan is it dan or not
0: it is, it is dan yep dan doyce you mm-hmm.
1: said it last episode yeah that's right doyce doyce and he's from the netherlands so there you go all right Bantamweights. Deutz will tell you about first, nine and two, three knockouts, six submissions. So he's finished everyone. He has been submitted once. He's two and one in cage, whereas three and one over his last four. He won his last fight via TKO. Used to fight up at featherweight. Steven or Stefan, which one is it Gumby?
0: I think it's Steven.
1: Steven, the phenomenal. That's one thing we can't argue uh, with the pronunciation on. He's nine and four, two knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Five and three in Cage worse. We got ourselves a pattern here. Lost, win. Lost, win. loss, win. So that's what? Six fights. He's never won two or lost two in a row. He did win his last fight. That was back in December of 2021. He's not lost since March of 2021. Uh, used to fight at featherweight and lightweight. No lines on this. So Gummy's going to give you a line. He's going to tell you who to
0: pick. So yeah, I, I am going to say Doyce is going to come in here as a pretty big favorite. Let's say negative 230. Uh, you get like plus... Plus 195 on the return on Steven. I, I think, uh, and I'm gonna go with Dois here. I, I'm first of all, you know, you mentioned the layoff for Steven. That's obviously a huge issue, right? Two years out of the cage, no fights. Um, he was scheduled for one or two in there, and I think his opponent pulled out of both of them. So it's like not even like it's his doing, but like, you know, Ring Rust nevertheless is real despite what Dominic Cruz tells you. I also think Dan Doyce is just kind of got the Dan Doyce has just kind of got you like the Dominic Cruz joke. I appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> <a smart> <laughs> um and I also just love Dan Doyce's uh style against Steven here because Steven is a guy who loves jujitsu He loves to be on the mat to the point where if somebody shoots a double on him, he does look like he's trying to stop it for about half a second. And then he's on <laughs> his back and he doesn't look bummed about it. And Joyce <laughs> is a bulldozer. He's one of those guys who gets in on a double and just runs as hard as he can until you're down. And he's got great top pressure. You know, I know he had that that knockout with the big overhand right last time in his last fight, but similar to like Mostabek Orubai, you know, like that doesn't make him a knockouter. Like he just got a knockout and he's a grappler. He loves arm triangles. He loves top game. He loves power guillotines. Like, that's his shit. So, like, if Aiden Stephen is a guy who just gives up takedowns, this is not the guy you want to be underneath. A guy who loves to grapple is stronger than you and is smart defensively. So, I I think the path to victory here is very simple for Doice. And anything under negative 250 here is definitely a steal.
1: All right. There you go. He's telling you the number, he's telling you the winner. He is uh, set here, and yeah. As for ring rust, uh, at least in the UFC, since I've tracked it for what about three years, uh, fighters who have been out of the cage for a year or more, forty six percent is the the amount of times they win. So it seems to be a thing, uh, not a massive thing, but it's definitely uh, more than than what um, Dominic, our friend Dominic, w- would let you uh, let you think. All right, we're moving on. We're moving up. Up, up the card, perhaps, and up, up the weight class for sure. This is in middleweights, three, five minute rounds. Chris Douglas from the UK versus, I think Gummy just picked this because he wants me to try to say the name. Noglas Kanis Kanoskis. Noglas Kanoskis. Kanis Kos. Uh, I had it.
0: Kanis Kanaskus,
1: Kanaskus. obviously, from Lithuania. Um, all right. I'm going to tell you about Kanis Koskis first. I don't know why I'm having trouble. Well, I know why it's a hard name to say his nickname. Not hard to say, do you know his nickname going I don't. The smiling boy,
0: the smiling boy,
1: <laughs> the smiling boy. And he's smiling in his picture on topology. So it, it tells no lies that nickname, uh, the smiling boy is six and three, one knockout five submissions. <laughs> so he's finished everyone. It makes you smile. Just saying it. Um, he's never been finished in a fight. One and two in cage words. That doesn't make you smile quite as much. Lost, win, lost, win, loss over his last five fights. 15 years younger than Douglas. That's the big thing right there. So he is just a boy. Um, Douglas with two S's at the end. The body is the nickname. 6-0. One knockout, four submissions. This is his Cage Warriors debut. He's not fought since October of 2015. Maybe Gumby has some info on this oh for us. No, uh, 2010 was his, <laughs> oh, great. 2010 was his pro MMA debut. He's got an inch of height. Um, I'll see if the intern can find anything out about Chris Douglas. Maybe he was in... Uh, witness protection or something and now he's out. I don't know. Uh, Gumby, go
0: ahead. I don't know either, but I will tell you part of the reason why I picked this one and I wanted to talk about it is because uh, the people who I know in the industry who ha- have some insight into what the lines are going to look like keep telling me Chris Douglas might come in here as a favorite or a pickup. Um, and when I looked at this fight originally, I almost didn't want to talk about it because I thought it was so brutally obvious that Kanisowskis was going to win this fight Um, I I mean, like eight years away is already a red flag enough to be like, why would you install a favorite who's been away for that long? Uh, But in addition to that, like, I went back and I watched his last fight. It's not good. Like he, he throws like weird arm punches. He eats one twos, like, like without moving his head at all. He's just there to be punched constantly. Um, he, he seemed to have some grappling, but like really struggled to take down a guy who was like seven and seven on the regional scene in England. And like, if you look at Kanasakis, Kanasakis has fought some like really good dudes. Like Kanasakis, um, I mean his last losses to the guy fighting for the title in the main event, uh, Dario Belendi. and he's fought Will Curie, who looked really good this past weekend uh, for Cage Warriors. So like, he's fought some really legit guys. And when you watch him, you know he's. He's got really good pressure. He's bouncy on his feet. He whips out kicks, particularly to the body and the head really well. Obviously in the Blandy fight, the thing that really cost him was the fact that he tired quickly particularly in grappling exchanges, but I don't think he has to worry about that here. So again, this one is one I kind of fixed because I'm like, if the lines are what people are telling me they're going to be, kanisowski is, is one of the most tremendous regional values I've ever seen. Uh, I'm going to officially say pick him because I thought Candace Oscar should be a big favorite. And I got people telling me on the other side, and that seems to be what happens when those two things happen. But if he posts, if he posts as an underdog. Get in on him as an underdog.
1: All right. There you go. He's giving you uh, inside scoops. Uh, all right. These next two fights are both listed as co-main events. Um, they're both for the... The gold, so perhaps that's why they're both listed as, as co-main events. There can only be one co-main event in my eyes, though. Um, we'll start with the first one here. For the Cage Warriors, light heavyweight championship. Andy Clamp versus Mike Matthew, excuse me, by field. Both these guys are from England. Five, five-minute rounds at 205 pounds. Byfield Farda is a nickname. Do you know anything about that? I don't. Nope.
0: <laughs> nope
1: is the answer. 6 and 1 with one no contest for field four knockouts, two submissions. So he's finished, everyone. He himself has never been finished. 3 and 0 with one no contest in Cage Wars. He's won three straight fights. He's not lost a fight since October of 2021. 5 years younger than Clamp Two inches taller than him. Clamp the vice is the nickname. That's a good nickname for him. With the last name, he's got uh, twelve and two, seven knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he's been finished in both his losses. And he's only gone in the distance once. By my math, one and on one in cage Warriors, four and on one over his last five, including winning his last fight via submission. Was a regional champion, and one and on one is a pro grappler. So this is they're fighting for the light heavyweight title. Neither of them have the light heavyweight championship yet. It's not listed as vacant either. Do you have any idea yeah, what's I- going on here?
0: I don't know why it's not listed as vacant. Uh, Modestas Bukauskas vacated it, um, yep. uh, so I don't know what the point is. It's not saying it's vacant. It's vacant. Um, I, I think Byfield is going to come in here as the favorite. I don't think it's going to be a big line here, like negative maybe neg- negative one forty-five to plus one twenty-five for Clamp. Uh, and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a slight underdog here. I think Clamp's going to come in as the underdog. I think he makes a lot of sense. You mentioned. The name is really fitting because Vice and Clamp, and yeah, that's that's clever. It's also really fitting for his fight style. He's he's awful on the with his hands. He's not a good striker at all. But when he gets you on the ground, he gets a hold of you. He doesn't let go. Um, and that's the really impressive thing about Clamp is that, like, it, while he's flailing around on the feet and looking like he kind of doesn't know what he's doing, you're like oh man this is gonna be bad like he he's not gonna win this fight by any means and he's not he's not hiding the fact that he wants to wrestle you sometimes he will just like fake like he'll faint like seven takedown attempts and then shoot from 10 feet away uh but once he does get a hold of people he chains it together really nicely he's great on top he's got excellent control he's one of those people who controls the hips really well he elevates the legs when people go to stand up he just doesn't let you get back up um And so I love that about him, and I think that that gives him hope against just about anybody, particularly somebody who's a 6'6 striker. Um, I think it's going to be easy to get in on his legs. Uh, Byfield is very tall, very lanky, and unlike a lot of the guys who I think might give Clamp trouble with the striking at 6'6", Byfield just doesn't put out any volume. Uh, You know, he's a very methodical, slow kind of striker, um and I, you know maybe on the bright side for him that means he probably won't overextend himself and get like a really easy takedown but also it's just going to let clamp feel comfortable enough on the feet. Um cuz clamp doesn't need you to make a mistake to get a takedown. He just needs you to to be there. Uh cuz he's going to he's going to get a hold of your foot and he's going to turn that into getting a hold of your knee and then he's going to have your hips and he's going to have you up against the cage. He's going to wear you out. Um and i think that that's the path to victory here against byfield i think byfield just doesn't throw enough to threaten clamp um so give me clamp most likely a little bit of an underdog
1: all right that's what we like to hear some underdog money what did you predict it at 125 you said about
0: yeah plus 125 probably it won't he won't be a huge dog i mean if he is great um and if yep. this if, if any books out there happen to be offering uh props on cage warriors i know sometimes it's really hit or miss with cage warriors But if anybody's offering props, like clamp by sub is probably a way you could juice it up a little bit more because this ain't going the distance and I don't think he's getting a knockout.
1: All right. There you go. Um, All right. Our last, our last ad reads here are a sponsor reads and then we will finish off cage words for you. Um, What do we have to tell you about here? Uh, Underdog Fantasy Gumby. Is that what it's going to say on my screen right now? It does say Underdog Fantasy. Our lovely people Underdog Fantasy. Check sportsgamingpodcast.com every day. Either Gumby or myself will have an Underdog Fantasy NBA article for you um, with hopefully some winning plays in there. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football, and MMA. Obviously, look, if you're on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, you will see MMA right there in front of you. Um, simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Gumby, do you have a play?
0: Yeah, uh you know, Underdog Fantasy, one of the really cool things about that app is that they've been giving higher or lowers uh, in their pick'em for PSL. Uh pretty much cool. all PSL season this year. So, you know, we've we've got Olivier Aubomers here fighting uh Clay Collard come come Friday. We'll be talking about that one on Thursday's show. And uh I think for sure. You go with Olivier Aubon Mercier's higher than on his takedowns. They don't have the number posted yet, but I'm sure he's getting more than they're threatening him with. So uh higher than for Olivier Aubon Mercier takedowns.
1: It's Mercier, but thank you. That's good. Thank you for the pick. Uh, <laughs> watch along, watch along and, and you can watch along the telecast and listen to them say the the uh, his name properly. And make your picks and maybe make a little cash <laughs> over our underlogs. Mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks. Is Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN? And finally, last but not least, of course, Hall of Fame bets win bigger by betting spider this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Entering parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets a revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and start. And join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Okay, we've done the research. Gummy's going to help you win. That's that's the way that's the teamwork that we do here on the regional shows. Uh, this is for the vacant. They say vacant this time. Cage words, bantamweight championship. Why is it vacant, Gumby?
0: Uh, Cal Labrin uh, vacated this one.
1: Who did? Sorry, you cut out on me. Cal
0: ago. Cal Labrin. Remember uh, the yes, Irish fellow who got signed to fight in Australia.
1: Yes. Okay. Excellent. This is uh, the co event. Perhaps uh, Liam Gittins. Versus Reese McEwen. Uh, we got England versus Scotland. Three, or is that Ireland? Hmm. No, it's Scotland. Is Reese McEwen from Scotland? Yes. Scotland. Scottish. I should know my heritage. Uh, all right. Let's break her down with McEwen first. Seven and one. Two knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted one time. So he's gone the distance once by my math. Four and in oh, cage warriors. That's part of a four-fight winning streak. He's won two straight via finish. Inch taller than Gittins, Gittins' nightmare is a nickname. Eleven and four, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Eight and four in cage. worse. he's also won four straight fights. And both these guys are definitely um, earning earned uh, earned earn themselves these, this uh, vacant title shot here. Um, he's won three straight via finish. One better than McEwen. Used to fight up and down a weight class, so flyweight and featherweight. And he's two years younger than McEwen. All right, break her down.
0: I'm going to say McEwen is a pretty large favorite here, probably negative 250 because while I like Gittins, like Gittins has like nice power and he's like a pretty sharp striker. He switches stances really well. Like he's one of those guys who throws like a right hand and then is standing in a left-handed stance and then throws a left hand and is in a right-handed stance. Like he's a fun kind of striker like that. I just don't think he can hang with the grappling of McEwen. And I said it kind of in the clamp fight. I'm riding with the grapplers here. I, I think McEwen is going to get him down once, and he's going to look so good on the mat. McEwen's one of those guys who when he grapples, he doesn't even need to be on top to like be in charge. Like I, I've seen fights of his where he's he's been taken down and he's just swept really well and wound up on top, kind of like Chase Hooper this past weekend. Um, it doesn't really matter how the grappling started; it's ending with him in a good position. And I think he's so much better of a grappler than Liam Gittins. I think the books are going to show that. And, like, you know, while I'm sitting here talking about it, like, it's a striker-grappler matchup, McEwen can hold his own on the feet, too. I, I don't think he's got the power Gittins does, but, like, he can hold his own on the feet, too. So, yeah, I'm going to take Reese McEwen. I'm going to say, like I said, pretty large favor here.
1: Okay. We don't like to see you taking large favorites, but hey, you you gotta say you gotta pick who's gonna win.
0: I did it all in right. Bellator. It was fine in Bellator. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true.
1: Everything's fine in Bellator, right? <laughs> yeah, that's everything's just perfect in Bellator point. right now. Uh all right, let's go to our main event. No co-main event here. This is the official main event for the Cage Wars middleweight championship. Mick Stanton from England versus Dario Balandi from England. The from Italy, and this is five five minute rounds at uh 100 and right no, say middleweight, right? Yes, 185 pounds. We're gonna tell you about the challenger first. Balandi, he's a Neanderthal. Dan did, did they, <laughs> I didn't know we allowed Neanderthals in the in uh MMA, but apparently we do. He's a Neanderthal. Six and one, three knockouts, two submissions. He's never been finished in a fight, four and one in cage wars. he's won four straight fights to get himself into this title shot. He's not lost since December 2020. Seven years younger than the Stanton, four inches taller. The Hoyton Hammer is Stanton. He's 12 and seven, five knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted four times, nine and five in cage words. And his current champ has successfully defended his title once so far. He's won three straight fights and six of seven. He won his last fight via TKO. He went 0 1 in PFL. He was a regional champion. He's fed at Welterweight and he's two and one as a pro grappler. Breaker down.
0: So I'm going to say Blandy, big favorite here. Negative 200 probably to Mick Stanton. The challenger
1: is the favorite.
0: Yeah. No, like, I mean, Mick Stanton's 12 and 7. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and no. Like, and, like, has looked really, like, even in his last win, looked really bad. Like, he got pieced up nonstop for, like, the first three minutes of that last fight, and he still pulled off the first-round finish. Um, so I'm going to say, you know, you're going to get, like, plus 175 in the return on Mick Stanton. And... <sighs> I know I heard people in the Discord already talking about getting jacked up about fading Mick Stanton. I'm actually going to pick him here. Uh, I know he's gonna, Yeah, I, he's going to be a big dog. If he's not a big dog, don't pick him. Uh, never pay favorite money for Mick Stanton. Uh, but, like, I, I think he's going to be a big big underdog here, and I like him because Belandi wants to grapple. He actually looks pretty limited on the feet. When you look at him, it looks like he's got, like, a jab overhand, and that's pretty much all he's got. He looks hittable and being hittable is pretty much the worst thing that can happen when you're fighting Mick Stanton is that like Mick Stanton, when he hits you, you go to sleep. Uh, And that's all there is to say about it because he hits so freaking hard. Um, So like the fact that he's hittable is kind of worrisome. Also, like, I know he's got a huge grappling advantage here, but he really struggled with the grappling early in the fight. Like he's a kind of, I kind of think his grappling plays up better as being like a cardio monster. Like, it, the, the technique of it doesn't seem to to threaten people in the first and, like, the early parts of the second round. And then once he's kind of, like, worn them down with, like, 700 attempts, then it starts to get going. That's what happened in his last fight. He actually beat um uh, Noglas Kanesakis in his last fight, the aforementioned Naglas uh, Kanesakis. Yep. And, like, and, and got beat up in the first round. Uh, the fight went to decision. He got beat up in the first round, and he outgrappled him in the second and the third And so like, I kind of think that that's his MO is that like, he's kind of going to be the type of person who needs him to burn out. And I don't know that he's going to get that opportunity here. Like if, if Stanton hangs with him on the feet in the first round, I don't know that there will be a second round for him to grab momentum. Uh, if there is, you know, like the late rounds look great for Blandy. Like I I bet you if this makes it to a third or a fourth or a fifth round, like Blandy sub comes real into play. Um, Again, like I said earlier, I don't know which books offer Cage Warriors props, but if this one does, the Landy in like, in like the over is probably a decent play or Mick Stanton in the under. Uh, but I also just love the Mick under money line here. So I'm going to say fairly sizable underdog, and I'm going to say Mick in.
1: All right. And what was the number you were hoping plus,
0: for? I said plus 175. Okay. All
1: right. Very, very good. There you go. All the winning picks. He gave you some dogs. He gave you plays to make if you want to take the other side. We covered it all. Thank you, Mr. Gumby. Let's give you a recap here uh, before we bid you farewell. Uh He's got Stanton. He has got McEwen. He has got Clamp. He has got Koskis. Keneskoskis. Koskis. <laughs> and he's got Deutz. Deutz? Deutsch. Deutsch. All right, that's enough. That's enough of me. Um, thanks for listening, and make sure you get in the Discord and watch um, George with us. The sickos in there watch everything. Gumby, they're watching Octagon on the weekend. They watch. I anything. think we.
0: I think we ought to start doing some Octagon breakdowns. They've got a couple nope. events coming up in December. One at the end of the year when we're desperately trying to fill shows. Yep. So probably yep. then. Um, but also, <laughs> like their betting odds come out really early. Uh, and Good. they seem to be getting huge viewership. So maybe uh, maybe Octagon is going to be the new hotbed when when Bellator leaves.
1: Yep, we shall we shall see. Um, yes. Promoters, if you want to be covered on our show, <laughs> book some stuff on the UFC goes dark for the three weeks of the end <laughs> of the year. And you would definitely uh, get our interest. Uh, so Discord, sportsgabbypodcast.com slash Discord, uh, Twitter, SGP and MMA. Gumby runs that for us very well. He's at Gummy Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer on there and on the Instagram. Gummy's got Top Turtle MMA podcast. You interview a couple of people we just spoke of this week. Tell tell the good people here who you interview.
0: Yeah, we, I talked with Dan Joyce uh, before his fight with Aiden Stephen. And I also talked to Orlando Prince, who we mentioned at the, uh, the top of the episode.
1: There you go. Listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast. Get in my sub stack, moneymma.substack.com. Enter my weekly UFC pick contest there for free. Read all my stuff. Uh, my performance rankings. I got, what else do I do on there? Fight breakdowns, DraftKings picks, lots of fun stuff. So get it on there, check it out. Um, and then, of course, everything in the sports gambling world is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon to help us crush corporate gambling. We'll be back with a PFL episode up next. Gumby, go ahead.
0: I'm Danny Gibby-Freeland. He's the smiling boy, Jeff Fox. And we (laughs) will see you on Wednesday.